since 2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's topic, which involves a very special guest, Eddie, what time is it right now? It's time for a very special guest, Peter. I see a 4 and I see a 20, and I see (gasps) some initials right before that. It ends with a D at the end, huh? Okay. All right. Anyway, so before we get into all that, we want to talk to you people, you fine folks at home, on how you can get a hold of us on them, their social media. How? First off, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like ski on there. Go on Facebook as well. Follow myself, facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster, where my ramblings and thoughts are on there. Oh, yes, they are. They are a lot of ramblings and a lot of pictures, pretty pictures, but ramblings nonetheless. Birds. You can also find us on Twitter at the Marvelists. Myself, at Peter Melnick, and hashtag Jeremy Bagley says, y'all want none of Eddie Wilson. You just pass. That's all we yeah. have to say with Th- me that from too. that. Yeah. Double hashtag pass. Thank you. You can also find us on Instagram at... The Marvelists. Myself, at Peter Melnick, and yourself... At Eddie9193. You can also drop us a line in our email bag. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, we're going to take them in the Marvelists at gmail.com. Also, be sure to check us out on a wide variety of streaming platforms, which includes iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Podbean. And the big one. Tu- well, tune in, Eddie, which I, I might have just accidentally deleted off of my phone. But Oops. you can also find us on the big one. The big one, Spotify. The big one, Toasty. So you can listen to a lot of music and us. And get a sandwich. No. But rewinding back over to Stitcher Go on Stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And you'll be able to check out a ton of content, a crap ton even, if you will, which includes the Nerdist archives, the Smodcast archives with trustworthy Kev Smith. You can also listen to stuff like Wolverine the Long Night, Marvel's first foray into a serialized podcast format. Un- undelicious because you can't consume that in well, the in the usual sense. I mean, you can eat a phone, but it's, it's not going to be really good to your digestive tract. It won't be pretty. You can also, once again, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And it helps support the show. We appreciate any help that we can get for this show. We appreciate the listens, the downloads, the questions, the comments, the strongly worded letters, and, of course, the tweets. Mm. So... Right now, we are joined with someone who I have been a big fan of since I got into professional wrestling back in 2001. He is Mr. Monday Night. He's Mr. Tuesday Night. He's Mr. Thursday Night. He's Mr. Friday Night when ECW is on TNN. He's also Mr. Money in the Bank. He is the whole effing show. Language. He is the whole damn show. Yes, we are joined with Rob Van Dam. Rob? It's got it. 
you got to be talking about me. What an what an opening. <laughs> so, Rob, Dude, that's my superhero name, the man of many monikers. It is. It absolutely is. Nice. And yeah, Rob, you're a man who's known for your massive career in professional wrestling, everything you've done. You're a multi-time or you're a Money in the Bank winner, you're a former WWE and ECW champion. Let's see what else. You're the longest reigning ECW television champion. Which, how many months were you the champion? Um, just about two years. I think just a couple of days, a couple hours shy of uh, two years. Uh, let's just say 24 months. Yeah, I, would, I would say that's a lot of months. <laughs> but, yeah, Rob, one of the other things that's known about you is you are a big comic book fan. Lifelong. Lifelong. Who are some of your favorite characters? Yeah, so my first memories um, were being exposed to the comic books at the grocery store when my mom would be shopping. I would wait at the newsstand for her. Still love newsstands. I don't know why, but I mark out on uh, newsstands whenever I see them in any city. Um, but uh, some of the first ones I remember uh, was the Savage Sword of Conan. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, and it's that actually was... coming back to Marvel now. Okay, yeah. It was an oversized magazine, and that drew my attention. And the artwork... You know, I mean, there was boobies in it, and it was, it was so it was so much violence. Like people were killing each other, impaling each other with spikes. And uh, I remember being drawn to that. You know, I didn't know I, I slipped through it. I didn't really know that much about the storylines. But then um, also at that same time, I remember seeing Ghost Rider, who became my lifelong uh, favorite character. I actually just just uh, got rid of my. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I had everything, uh, at least up until a year, a couple years ago. I had like anything that had Ghost Rider's official copyright on them, every statue and everything from, you know, wallets to lighters to everything ridiculous, just because uh, being a collector at heart. But anyway, um, I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, he was supernatural, so his, uh, his powers, you couldn't really measure them. I like that about him. And, uh, um, anyway, uh, throughout my uh, years coming up on comic books, uh, I grew up on Marvel, and I used to go every week to, uh, to get my comics every uh, Wednesday uh, from um, Cricket. It was called the Downtown Battle Creek, and I would get the Incredible Hulk. I would get several, um, several titles of um, Spider-Man from the Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man. I was all into into that, um, and and um, you know, of course, Ghost Rider. So those were some of my favorites. I always like to also I like to be a little different than every, like everyone at school that was in the comics loved Wolverine and the X-Men. But everyone was all over them, and and so you know, when you're a kid, um, or if you're a wrestler in the dressing room, you have the same rules of society. Uh, you know, people's values uh, tremble and stampede way across boundaries into other people. So you're like, why do you like Ghost Rider? He's not cool. <laughs> that as a kid, but, yeah. I mean, his I head was... is not cool. No, his head, he's <laughs> very hot, actually. So you're right. He's not cool. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Right. It's so cool that it's doing all these movies now and that it's so, so popular. Like, I probably didn't know that was going to happen when I was younger. Pretty cool. We mm-hmm. always go Thanks. with the uh, one fact of our friend BJ will go on saying, this is the stuff that's ruling pop culture now. And, you know, rewind like maybe a decade or two ago. This was the stuff we got beat up for as kids. And it's kind of cool seeing yeah, that right. now. <laughs> it rules the yeah, pop culture landscape. It's mainstream to be a nerd now. 
and it's cross gender and you know and people just on a casual basis know what we're you know what's being talked about so it's not you know an unhip thing anymore and uh, rob it sounds like i don't know were you were you growing up i guess in the uh, in the 80s possibly collecting or earlier than that what age were you when you started uh, you know noticing and collecting yeah. comics well i probably started um in the late 70s and then yeah all throughout the uh, 80s and then i guess um, after that i pretty much you know hit the road and started my career mm. um started wrestling had my first matches in 1990 and so um yeah that's definitely a correct assertion there good guess yeah no from what the stuff you were saying and, and everything because i'm listening to you say uh, everything ghostwriter and uh, my brother that was really the only title he collected i started i don't know i guess i was 10 years old and i'm talking like mid 70s and um and that was the only thing he went for but he really just started with the Johnny Blaze run in the, I guess, early or so, 70s. That, but that was after the uh, previous title of Ghost Rider, which was the Marvel Spotlight. Now, I don't know if you have the earlier, that yeah, early stuff. Marvel Spotlight, Marvel Spotlight number five was Ghost Rider's uh, first appearance. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have I still have every cameo of his up until recently. I mean, after they, they had the racing um, Ghost Rider I think there might be a girl or something. I don't know, but um, yes. late, lately I haven't been keeping up, you know. Um, but still, still love um, love the whole genre and what it's done for me. And it's like, you know, uh, that's those are our role models, when, and and we use our imagination to, uh, you know, uh, really try and put ourselves in that world where these awesome heroes can exist. And I feel like I grew up to be a superhero pretty much i'm gonna just dwell on two more little questions regarding ghost Rider, and then we'll move on from there do you have a preference johnny blaze or danny ketch i'm gonna go with johnny blaze yeah but i definitely enjoyed the danny ketch series there was a lot of really good uh, runs the um the, i like the uh circus of the freaks and uh centurion and uh but all that was uh, back with uh, johnny blaze and then yeah. and i like how they kicked it I'm going to say Johnny Blaze, though. Right, exactly. But what about when you finally re- we finally found out that they were actually related, the two Dude, of them? I loved that. Yeah. I loved it. Like, I was so into that. It's because, because you know, the more, that, the more that they do with somebody that adds depth to the whole character, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the way to do it, not to just stretch out the, uh, the life of the character and see what other adventures can we get him into, but to make things that actually, you know, enrich the past. I, I love that because it just... To us, the readers, at least me, it made it more real. Exactly. How about the movies? A preference over the first or second Ghost Rider films? Um, mm, <laughs> if I, I don't him? have to pick one, if I don't have to pick one, uh, I'm going to, I guess maybe the second one a little bit, maybe, but yeah. Oh, yeah? It oh. is a slightly better movie, to be honest. Maybe. If I have to. That's Nicholas. No love for Nicholas Cage. Though? I don't know. Well, no, Nicholas in both of them, but I mean, I don't know. I think to be honest, Rob Peters kind of just fanboying on you and, and going <laughs> along with what you're saying. I just I'm just putting it out there. Um, I didn't well, like both the first of that one. Was, you know, both of them disappointed the hardcore fans just because you know they so much could have been done and on a darker level. I mean, the guys like straight up from hell and uh, but you know they got to they got to attract everybody, and there's a lot of decisions that have to be made there on the business level. So I'm just stoked that they were um, that they chose to do that with with good old Zarathos. I actually, you know, um, just have to say that I thought the first one was better. 
The second one was darker. That's a good way, I think, for me to to describe it. And maybe not as well-received box office or otherwise. That's my personal uh, opinion. But I did see at least a couple of scenes in that first one, and this was their first venture into doing this character before the big explosion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that you had a scene where Ghost Rider is going up the side of that building straight up vertically, and I'm like, that is straight up out of the comic book. That's what he did kind of thing. And uh, so they did total. capture a lot of that stuff. They couldn't probably do... They were they had limitations then, but I think actually that first one, more than the second, holds up still. Well, look, if we had to put money on it, then I would like uh, time to review both movies again yeah. before I commit. Future podcast alert. There we go. And Rob, who would you want to see cast now? Because since Marvel has the cinematic rights to Ghost Rider, who would you want to see play the role of Johnny Blaze if he were to make an appearance in a future movie like in Avengers or his own standalone again? Hmm. I don't know. How about uh, Matthew McConaughey? Hmm. I like that. That's <laughs> Why not? I usually like everything he does. I, mean, I can picture him growing his hair out and being the bike rider that... You know, just wants you to leave him the phone. Whoa, language. <laughs> Until he transforms, then it doesn't matter if you had hair or not. Right. No, I don't know. It's not He's a really thought-out answer. <laughs> it's an interesting choice of McConaughey, because I always hear McConaughey being listed as Adam Warlock, but... To oh. see him as that, that would actually be really cool because he's got the demeanor, he's got the humor. That could work for that. Mm. Is there someone else that's uh, commonly uh, brought up with this question? I haven't seen many, Eddie. No, I missed that. Yeah, it's it's usually, yeah. like, no one really talks about, like, I, I think in a lot of ways Ghost Rider is kind of paired up with Blade in a way that people are like, oh, wow, there's that movie. And they don't associate that it's a comic book movie. Yeah, no, well, you just maybe maybe think of the um, oh boy, now I forgot the name of the group that they were spirits of not well spirits of vengeance. No, Midnight they were Suns. Uh, Midnight Suns. Thank you, part of that uh, part of that yeah. bunch. Yeah, with my homeboy man thing. <laughs> and I think Doctor Strange was in there. Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. Also, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Rob, how many podcasts do you appear on where Brother Voodoo gets name dropped? <laughs> this uh, this might this might be the first. Uh, but when we get to talking about my documentary, it is available or will be on Voodoo. Oh, so, good so, segue. Uh, yes, sir. Work some synchronicity anyway. Nice. <laughs> now, Rob, this documentary, uh, how long has it been in the making? Oh, so this is, um, dude, we don't have to talk about that. I'm just <laughs> um, this is uh this is, it actually took about uh, two years. I, I did a comedy tour, um, which I do sometimes, and uh, this particular one was in November of 2016, and it was during a special uh, period in, in my life, transitionally. Uh, um, if any, anyway, uh, it ended up being much more than, than just a tour. I brought the camera on the road for the road tour, um, and uh, it, was, it was like a week. A lot of things happen. Um, for instance, I showed up with uh, symptoms of from a concussion uh, from a match I had a few days before. Uh, that ended up being something uh, that that bled into much uh, much much more of my life than, than that tour. You might have heard uh, some rumors on the internet, um, but this tells you the whole thing, and you get to experience it and uh, learn the truth about that. And and also, anyone that saw me in uh, 2016. 
might have might have seen me intoxicated. I had uh, I was going through some uh, times there where uh, uh, getting trying to get over, um, trying to get up and out of a hole that I emotional that I that fallen into from uh, uh, getting hit with a, a trifecta of uh, of, of life crashing on me. The uh, divorce, then my uh, dog died, then my dad died. Boom, 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 and. And it, and I decided that I was going to drink for a while, and you know, I, you know, whatever, you know. I, during that time, I'm so glad that I didn't uh, hurt anybody innocent. But at the time, I remember driving uh, drunk from the from the bars every night. Everyone's arguing with me not to drive, and I never even thought about hurting someone innocent. I was just like, yeah, if I drive off the road, through it, I deserve a scandal, you know. I mean, after what I've been through, and um, anyway, being the ninja. Zen master that I am, of course, I had to overcome all of this, and you get to experience it um, as it's happening. And in and, and the documentary, we ended up working on it for about two years, so it's uh, uh, available for pre-order now. But February nineteenth, it'll it'll drop on the digital platforms, and super stoked about it. Um, also, there's uh, every every wrestler that was at the uh, big event, which is a convention in New York City. We were filming there. I'm very proud to have uh, Bruno San Martino's last public appearance um, as part of this documentary. And, um, you know, we uh, stretch out and, uh, and learn a lot more about life than uh, we originally wanted to at the start of this movie. Pretty awesome. Not to dwell too much on that, Rob, just so I have a point, a little more of reference. Um, you said those things happen one right after the other, Those, those, the trifecta and so on. How... Um, how long a period of time did you find yourself consuming until you re- until something snapped and you said, I'm coming out of this? Um, let's see. It was uh, it, probably, I probably drank, you know, destructively for probably most of a couple of years. Uh, the, the divorce was long coming. I mean, we could have we done it probably like in uh, 2010. Um, it was just like getting further and further apart. Uh, after that, but it was something that that I looked at as a, as, as failure and felt like I did my best and didn't want that. So um, at, at the time, um, some some of the drinking was uh, dealing with that, and then um, all I had was my dog, and I loved my dog so much. The dog died, which I I just imagined that'd be the worst thing if it happened, and it did happen. And then with my dad, you know, that was a little expected. It, it wasn't expected, but he was he was going through a lot, you know, so. It wasn't completely out of out of nowhere, but um, I just yeah I gave myself a free pass to, to drink, um, and you know I let's see I hit rock bottom in uh, 2016, and it was a, <laughs> it was a hell of a rock bottom. Um, that'll be good 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 info in my autobiography uh, when I can detail it out. Um, but you know having uh, having turned around. Um, you know, I met uh, my girlfriend Katie Forbes uh, at uh, in, two, in the summer of uh, or spring of 2016, and um, you know we really uh, bonded and it uh, formed an amazing relationship. And and and, and that, um, along with uh, you know some other things, helped help bring me out of that. But um, but you know uh, we're still we're still doing great. And I'm so happy that when I look back at what I was fighting for with the marriage, and I known, you know, that life didn't have to be like that, you know, I would have uh, stayed loyal just to be, uh, I would have stayed content just out of loyalty 
but, but seeing now how happy I really can be. I mean, I've moved and, um, you know, and I'm a semi-retired. I'm doing mostly like, like just what I want and enjoying life. And, uh, of course, Dave's a huge part of that. So um, it's just uh, now I'm able to look back and, and be able to relate to people that are going through some, some problems that they maybe can't get out of on their own, you know, without a little help. And, um, able to, uh, so that's from a much more experienced perspective than, uh, than I necessarily wanted to. But yeah, I would, I would say, um, um, at least like a year and a half, uh, that was, you know, I would, I would like wake up sometimes and just start drinking and I was like, uh, screw it. I deserve this. As long as I hit the gym, you know, I'm functioning and, uh, and a lot of people saw me during that too. Like people backstage, the wrestling shows. Would, would sometimes say, Rob, but you're different. And it's like, yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> you know? But uh, so they, we caught like me coming out of that in this documentary, and uh, and I'm able to, you know, like share the story. And there's all kinds of footage that we filmed, and of course, tons of uh, background footage that you add to it, you know. Um, supporting uh, footage of stuff we had for the, that you do with documentaries and uh, super stoked. This is an actual real, um, you know, uh, motion picture that, uh, that I'm, I'm super stoked to have. So I'll be uh, talking about it uh, for, for a while. Cause uh, um, that's, it's like, like I said, working on it for like two years. Um, uh, me and, uh, and this, this guy, Joe Clark, who uh, produced it and he filmed it. And um, anyway, um, it really, it really turned out good. Something I'm very proud of. I'm really looking forward to getting the feedback on it from uh, everybody. Well, it's really good to hear that you've come out of that dark tunnel, and I've learned quite a bit more than I knew going into this podcast interview, etc. And that's really good to hear that. And on a positive up note, someone helped you, and there must have been something inside you that said, "I'm going to turn this around and turn this negative into a positive, and uh, you know, share what you've gone through with other people." So. So that's great to hear that, and lots of luck with, with that. It sounds like um, that's the bulk of what you're up to these days is working on the autobiography and getting that out. Is there um, is there anything else going on you want to share? Or well, So the documentary is called Headstrong, and um, like I said, it's uh, available for pre-order on iTunes, and then it will be um, available February 19th on Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes, and Voodoo. No, I haven't done any uh, podcast really where anyone mentioned uh, Voodoo. And also Ghost Rider was with Hercules and Angel and those other guys. Oh, boy. The champions. The champions. See, there we go. We missed the good cover. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. Yes, he was on the team. And actually, on the topic of Ghost Rider, one of the things that some people don't remember, not Johnny Blaze, but because this is Fantastic Four February, the Ghost Rider himself was a member of the new Fantastic Four. For a brief period of time, just a few issues. Ooh, that's true. That's very true. You know what? I forgot that too. Yes, yeah, so we're talking like 1991 thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Walt Simonson. That's awesome. I remember seeing him with the outfit on with the floor. <laughs> yep. Very cool. Yeah, they always um, look like they were trying to do something with them. You know, and as a hardcore fan, sometimes, sometimes I wouldn't like like. Uh, the way that they would change his character because a different writer might have him or something just as, you know, as the fan, like, what? he doesn't talk like that. Or, um, um, there was, there was sometimes the artwork even, um, that I think the guy's name was 
Trent Canuga, maybe like he did a, a series and everybody was loving the art and I didn't I just didn't understand it but it was more I guess arty you know instead of being uh, the, the straight lines I don't know but that's always something you know people always had fun uh, drawing him there's a comic artist named uh, Michael Bosberg he drew the GI Joe series way back in the wow. early 80s yeah he was doing an appearance. At, uh, at a comic book store, a different one, not Cricket, um, one that mysteriously burnt down in a fire. Uh-oh. But, um, yeah. I um, can't remember the name of this one. Read more bookstore? I don't think so. Anyway. Hot deal comics. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing an appearance there, and uh, and I asked him if he would draw a ghost writer, and he said, well, let me see. Give me, give me a reference. And I went and I grabbed, I think, maybe Ghost Rider's, 73 maybe it was uh, uh the circus of the of the freaks and uh okay and he just like uh, and he's just looking at the guy the ghost rider with this standing awesome pose and he just like you know boom 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 like sketch it out with a with a marker or something and it was perfect and i've never seen anyone do that before and i still have that that um that artwork today oh that's great there, you know that's one thing too that changed for me when the artist would change that's where i would of course notice the the significant differences and come to realize that I liked some over others and I eventually got to remember names and, you know, and then eventually though with, with the changing, I mean, it seemed to be too frequent in some cases. I didn't notice the writing per se. It seemed like the characters were pretty much consistent throughout, which was good. I thought, but sometimes the artwork changed and maybe it went down in my eyes. And then of course, other factors were, were getting me away from it. Like the price kept increasing on the comic book and, and crossing into different titles, which I didn't care for. So that was me in the early nineties, you know? Right. Yeah. And sometimes they would like do something like, you know, like, like, wait a minute, I've been reading Ghost Rider for 15 years. He's never shot fire out of his eyes before. (laughs) (laughs) This is full crap. Yeah. Dude, I've been trying to think since it's uh, since you're celebrating Fantastic Four. I've been trying to think of which member had um, the best superpower, and I keep changing my mind. Like I, I considered being invisible, that would be cool, um, but then I thought, you know, um, being able to stretch, you know, reach anything and be made of rubber, like that's, I guess that's that'd be pretty advantageous too. And then. Um, uh, and then, of course, you know, the, the torch, being able to fly. The only thing I that I never, you know, really considered, I don't think I'd want to be the thing, I guess, because it was ugly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, and plus, you know, I mean, that's got to be bad for your heart, carrying around all the way. But uh, I, I think I'm going to settle on uh, being the human torch. From what I, you know, being able to fly and shoot fire, as long as I could always, like, Change back to normal, which uh, Ben Grimm could only do in the cartoon, if I'm correct. Oh, maybe I, I'm trying to remember how that could happen, but uh, or did happen rather because I didn't really see it that that often. Um, but if you're, I'm going to go with you on that and say, okay, then that's what they did in the cartoon. And kind of like He-Man in the cartoon, he would he would change, you know, <laughs> um, but nowhere else. Interestingly yeah, enough, yeah, it, oh, yeah, it, it was clobbering time. Go ahead. Yeah. Interestingly enough, on our uh, Twitter page, we ended up running a poll of who is your favorite Fantastic Four member, and the Human Torch didn't get any votes as of this recording, and I'm wow. actually shocked about that, because it's he's such a great character, he's fun, carefree, all that, and he's cool, you know, kind of pun intended. Oh, yeah. he's hot. <laughs> he's 
That is true. <laughs> That's another uh, one. Yeah. But, uh, I, mean, I, don't, not, I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense to me, though, in a way, because um, I'm, I'm usually thinking differently than the way everyone else is thinking. So I'm usually, not, I'm usually going against the grain. So if I go with the torch, I'm not surprised everyone else. In the interest of fairness, sir, in the interest of fairness, you have the most innovative, unique offense of any professional wrestler I've ever seen, so there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Wow, thank you. It uh, goes along with being one of a kind. Now, also on the topic of the Fantastic Four, there's a lot of different storylines, a lot of different villains. Who are some of the villains that you were attracted to with the F4? Um, Well... Let's see. Um, of course, there was um, my my dad, uh, my grandpa, Victor Van Dam. Uh, Victor Van Doom. <laughs> got to be, be something we can do with that. So you're the first ever Latvian uh, WWE champion as well. There you go. <laughs> of Latvian descent. As far as I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Ghost Rider and Torch, like, mixed it up one time. I, mean, I can't remember where that happened at, but... Uh, um, but I guess he could be considered a villain of some of them. Um, I, I was always interested in the Silver Surfer, but I, did, I thought he looked so much like Iceman. And Iceman was like one of my favorite characters too, by the way. Hmm. Also, I'm sure I'm sure that's a rare choice too. Uh, but see how cool though. To be able Literally, to, like <laughs> super boom, cool. Again, to be able to <laughs> create anything out of midair just by freezing it. That'd be. You know what I mean? Think of the things you can make for your mom on Mother's Day. It's just really cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hit at, you know, different parties, social gatherings. He's the guy that helps out the ice cubes. It's a, they never run out of ice. That's exactly right. Well, Good to have yeah, mom in there, too. That's actually been done, but you're right. <laughs> you know, so, I, um, let's see who yeah. else? Galactus? I mean, um, it, was, I was, you know, it was interesting. Um, but I, didn't read, I didn't read a ton of... But it usually a uh, fantastic four, but it usually seemed like it was uh, Doctor Doom or Galactus that uh, usually seemed like they were messing with for the most part. Sometimes Spidey would go over though and say, "Hey, Reed, uh, I got to use your lab. Um, I got this weird alien symbiote, and I need to study it." And so sometimes there'd be crossovers like that that um, that led in. And actually, they were chasing Spidey down too, so. Maybe he could be considered a uh, Fantastic Four villain. I'm actually partial to the Fantastic Four. Well, the the Amazing Spider-Man issue where he invades the building and he has to get rid of the symbiote, so he has to get a new suit. And he's given one of Johnny Storm's old suits and a paper bag over his head. And oh, that's yeah. a costume that's iconic to the point where the new Spider-Man game that came out by Insomniac Games, they immortalized that outfit in yet another game. And it's cool to see wow. that. <laughs> wow. And then there'll be an action figure of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Awesome. All right. Um, I, I didn't see the movie Venom, but um, I think that guy, Tom Hardy, I think he's probably my favorite actor. So uh, how did he do? Honestly, I thought the film was okay, but it wasn't the greatest thing. Eddie? I, I liked it for what it was. You know, to be able to bring this character out past the comic book pages, which is getting to be more of, common thing which is good you know it's it's more widespread more acceptable and i mean geez the the shining example of something like that is guardians of the galaxy it's so so much uh widespread acclaim and fame 
that, you know, these obscure characters that nobody heard of all of a sudden are superstars. As a man with a Star-Lord tattoo, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Yes, exactly. But, uh, hey, it's dedication. Amazing. I rides for them at the theme parks and yeah. everything. That's next. Okay, in the plans. And going back over to the topic of Venom, one thing I will say is the portrayal of the Venom symbiote is one of the best on screen. And Venom kind of reminded me, and I don't know, Eddie, if you'd agree, Venom reminded me of like a feisty cat. A feist That's a post that somebody put up there. A cat playing, a, yeah, a I, white cat playing with a lot of black yarn. All of a sudden, it's it's a Venom cat. Yeah, but he did remind me of a very feisty cat. And there were just certain yeah. little elements of the character, just the whole... I've grown fond of you, Eddie. Like that kind of stuff, which I'm really proud that I can do that impression. Y- you but. know what? It is a good impression. And I think it was a good representation of the character. I haven't read an extensive amount of Venom, but he was pretty badass looking and would really, you know, step out of line or don't turn your back on this character because you're you're dead otherwise. And he was definitely a much better portrayal than Topher Grace. And I, I'm one of those, I felt Topher Grace would have made a great Peter Parker. But the only reason he was Venom in that is because you have to have the antithesis of Peter Parker. Yeah, or antithesis, if you prefer. That, too. But... <laughs> if you don't want to write the paper, just say so. Rob, I do believe also... I remember reading a story. You ended up going to on set for Spider-Man 3 while it was being worked on? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not really any uh, amazing story to, to mm-hmm. tell there. You know, just that I was in the city, and I guess someone that I knew was like, yeah, dude, I'm working for Sony, and... Uh, it was a scene where uh, he was upside down getting a kiss by Mary Jane, you know, at the end, uh, the end of the movie when she, uh, or was it Gwen Stacy? In uh, three, you know, it would have been, yeah, it would have been Gwen, I guess, right? Yeah. That's the uh, yeah. big, uh, hooray, it's Spider-Man, he's a good guy. Yeah, the, giving him the keys to the yeah. city kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, um, I wrote a uh, comic book that uh, not too many people know about that, um, that I made into a trade paperback, and I... I published, or I'm sorry, I printed like maybe six, seven hundred copies or something and sold them at cons, but I, I never had it published except for a print-to-order with uh, Hound Comics. Uh, but anyway, I'm uh, hopefully, uh, one of the projects on the table is uh, to bring that to a live-action movie uh, this year. Um, we were supposed to do it in 2016, but I was busy drinking. Uh-huh. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully that's going to come uh, around this year with um, uh, some friends of mine that, that I work with sometimes in my business. So that's uh, something worth mentioning as well. And maybe even uh, get the printing presses going to make more copies of that too, huh? Yeah, if, yeah. If when this uh, when we start working on that, I was figuring that too that I would make it. You know, maybe update it, add some uh, some pages from the movie. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But but there's a script. Uh, and it's and it was it's something you know that um, uh, a friend of mine that that does this. I did the uh, shark movie um, with him, and we, we became real good friends. The uh, Three Headed Shark Attack. Um, oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's on his slate uh, to to do it uh, probably next next summer. So it's uh, early to be plugging it. But while we're talking about comic books, that's something that um, I'm pretty stoked about when it when it's time to come around. Well. Well, we're on that topic. Let me jump back because Peter hinted at to me. He said there was an RVD's five-star comic store in Southern California. What about? How, tell me about that time. Yeah, that's true. It was only it was so it was open for like um, maybe two years or something, 
um, maybe I'm guessing 2005, 2007, mm. um, but I still get asked about it all the time when I do, if I'm doing signings, uh, cons, uh, people are always like, dude, I'm going to come out to California and make it to your shop someday. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I closed down, buddy, thanks. <laughs> uh, just, uh, I, I opened it in the mall, uh, Lakeview Square Mall, um, for about a year, and, um, and then moved it to a single location for maybe up to two years um it never made any any money um i was a horrible um business owner like i totally like never opened up my uh cash cashier's box one time i just trusted everybody and thought my name um would bring attention and that these guys would all be just trustworthy and uh anyway um i definitely didn't have the right business mind and i just had a lot of good faith but had a lot of good times, and I would have wrestlers there like uh, about once a month. Sometimes non-wrestling celebrities, but I would have appearances there like about once a month. So uh, even though it didn't uh, make money, I I get a kick out of it when people introduce themselves to me and tell me that ten years ago that you know they met uh, Kane or or Bret Hart in my store. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. Chris Benoit. I have pictures of all these guys like. Uh, um, that like a huge list, and I appreciate all of them, you know, doing that coming by. Like these are so, um, some, you know, someday I want to, I don't know, post it or maybe I'll just put it up in my in my house or something. But all these photos and uh, made some good memories. Rob, rewinding back real quick, you mentioned uh, one of the guests that was at your shop. You kind of did a disservice for Mayor Kane. Just you know, you got to include that title of mayor now, which is it still is one official. of the strange. He's very official. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Mayor Kane, it is. He was there. Uh, Bobby Heenan was there, R.I.P. He's also in the documentary, uh, by the way. And um, uh, like I said, a big list. Hurricane, the Divas, some of the Divas with it, uh, Tori and uh, uh, Candace Michelle. I could go on and on and on, but I'm already boring myself, so I won't. <laughs> Now, Rob, also one of the things about professional wrestling is kind of the link that it has with comic books. You have the bright, colorful costumes. You have the good guys versus the bad guys, the amazing aerial moves and whatnot. What do you think is the biggest attraction that people like myself have where they're fans of both comic books and professional wrestling? Yeah, that's uh, what I was saying. I think I grew up to be, you know, kind of like uh, a when I was a kid, if I could have uh, seen RVD, that would have been like a hero to me. You know what I mean? I would imagine, I would have imagined that when he's not in the ring, that he's like stopping bank robbers and stuff. So I think that, I think that influence um, was was strong on me. Um, same thing with uh, even doing, you know, like some action movies uh, uh, or being a fan of that. You know, those guys uh, being able to do things that normal people can't do. It's in the it's in the comics, it's in uh, movies, and it's in wrestling too. When people are jumping off the ropes, flying across the ring, and landing like one kick in a guy's face, bam! That's stuff that you know, normal people can't do. I didn't I didn't hear exactly what your question was, so if it didn't make it, it oh. didn't make complete sense, then then hopefully I gave you something useful to work with. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> well, when I was getting into professional wrestling back in 2001, I actually got in around the time WCW died. So I missed everything. I missed ECW. I missed WCW. I missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. But you were one of the people that heavily got me into it because during the Invasion storyline, watching that, I was drawn to you because when I was younger, younger than when I was into wrestling, I was a big Power Rangers fan. And to see those superheroes on the screen and then see you – it was like watching an even cooler Power Ranger on my screen. And I've always wanted to tell you this since I was 13 years old. So, but awesome. yeah, just like I that did. connection, the, the way you presented yourself, it was unique and something that I had never seen before. Like Power Rangers. Oh, that's just stunt work and whatnot. I'm seeing you deliver kicks across this, you know, the ring, the van terminator, the van daminator and all these incredible moves. And, you were literally, for me, a living superhero. Cool, man. Glad I, glad to have come across that way. <laughs> um, that's it, dude. Just uh, like you were saying, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, the great outfits, all of it is, uh, all of it is part of it. I actually, um, for a... My, my views on like everything. Uh, actually for a period because like I was so such a fan of yours I actually owned I want to say maybe 15 to 20 different RVD action figures because of the costumes because of how each one was so unique from the other one and so there there was quite the collection growing up yep Uh, I have every figure that I know of of me and it's about I don't remember if it's 80 or 90 I think it's like 80 um, that's, that's a lot of them. Some of them are the same outfit on different, uh, different figures too, but, um, all those outfits, um, were drawn by the same guy, Joe Holland in, uh, in Georgia. Guy's an amazing artist. Sometimes I give him some ideas and sometimes they just be his ideas. And also one of, you know, the, you know, speaking of the action figures, I'm actually surprised that WWE has not done a retro, uh, the, cause they're doing now the 1990s early style ones. I'm surprised they haven't done an RVD one yet because your character would be perfect for, like, you know, spring kick or, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, something happened uh, with the merchandise deal um, last year, and that might that might be why, because uh, we were, we didn't, we didn't come to terms on, um, on a merchandise contract and uh, the action figure was part of that, and then um, uh, that that actually could be what that could be the it could just be business. Mm. They all, but in general, though, it does seem like they like they they like to neglect me. It's always it's always kind of felt like that being RBD, to be honest with you. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I'm uh, not their favorite foot to put forward, you know, because uh, you know I'm not because I'm such a nonconformist, you know, that would make sense. Uh, but uh, luckily, the fans uh, that have appreciated me, you know, have uh, really appreciated me and always made me feel like in their eyes that I was the best. So that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm very appreciative of it. And that's uh, why I'm all loaded up with positive energy all the time. Now, going back over to the Marvel topic at hand, I want to know, do you have a particular favorite movie of the current slate of films, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like Avengers, Iron Man, etc.? Hmm. Um, 
I don't know if I do or not. I just I remember I remember when I saw the Avengers thinking like like what more could you do? I mean, it was just I remember thinking like it was just like so good that that I don't know if I'd ever seen a movie that that good. I couldn't even think of where where to improve anything. I I was like blown away by it at the time. So I don't remember another movie hitting me like that. So that one probably. Yeah, I was going to say that one probably holds up there on your one of the top rankings of all those movies that came out. Yeah, and the other ones, you know, there's, you know, I'm super impressed with all of them, but I think that one, in my mind, like broke some ground, you know, uh, for, for the other ones. And seems like it. Yeah. Accept my answer. <laughs> Survey said. And it's funny because of the fact that you have a movie like The First Avengers where characters like Hawkeye, Black Widow, they become household names. And then you have movies like Guardians of the Galaxy where you go to a Halloween costume shop and they have Groot and Rocket Raccoon costumes. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's insane, but insane in the coolest way possible. Right. You know, I agree with you there. And um, and that also, that was an amazing movie. I didn't see the second one yet, but, um, you know, that's... They, yeah, not only are they doing movies of comic book characters, but the movies are just like amazing, high-budget um, movies that everyone's watching. And so that's really cool. It's a different world than uh, than I grew up in, you know, like you guys are talking about. And I'm sorry that I beat you up uh, for <laughs> comics. But I, I really just wanted to take your comics. I mean, as long as you, you know you got a nice lunch with that lunch money of mine, I w- I'm fine with it, you know? <laughs> That was mostly after your comments. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it cool if I run? Or do you guys have yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can uh, follow me everywhere. That means Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. That's everywhere for me. So if you know something else that doesn't exist in my world, so forget about it. <laughs> follow RVD everywhere at the real RVD and. Uh, Documentary Headstrong uh, is available on iTunes to pre-order. It comes out February 19th, and I'll be plugging it, so you'll see it on all that social media that we just talked about everywhere. For Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Rob Van Dam. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.